What's up, everyone? Welcome to episode number one of the Gaming on the Brain podcast. I'm Mark. I'm Glenn. We want to tell you first a little bit about Gaming on the Brain. So this is a brand new channel slash podcast available on YouTube and all major podcast platforms. What we'd like to do with the podcast in itself is weekly, we'll take a, a game that's, you know, yeah, it's cherished, cherished by us, yeah. yeah, important to us, you know, as part of our childhood or sometimes something a little bit more current, perhaps, depending on what we feel like Or doing. obscure, who knows, or something obscure, that's just yeah. got a little bit of history behind it. Yeah, exactly, yeah. So just something that means something to us both, basically, that, you know, we've got some passion about, want to talk to you guys about, and uh yeah, we'll break it down. We'll we'll talk you through the levels, talk you through the difficulty, talk about how it's presented, that kind of thing. You know, the usual stuff. And uh, what we'd like to do to us is welcome you guys along for that journey. And also, please, you know, leave us some comments. Perhaps mention some games from, from your, you know, childhood or anything that you've played in the past. That Maybe some enjoyed. suggestions that you could be interested in as well, because if it uh, overlaps with what we like, you know, you might even... Uh, Get a get a, uh, an article to put together, you know, if it's uh, something that interests us all. Could even uh, could even get a few guests on the show from time to time and uh, talk it through with you, and uh, you know, let's share our opinions. Yep. Yeah, possibly yeah, some hot takes if we can find some. But um, what we'd like to do today is come out of the gate strong with an absolute barnstorm of an arcade game. Yeah, it absolutely is uh, for both of us and many others, I'm sure. A 16-bit Sega classic, um, yep. and uh, you know, hopefully. Hopefully you all agree, but uh, what one of the best games ever released, I think, in the arcade. Yeah. And that game is Glenn. Golden Axe. Golden Axe. Yes. Yeah. We're gonna we're gonna break it down, talk you through it. I think it's about an hour and twenty minute long, so I, I do uh, I do apologise for the length of the episode, but I, I hope don't. You, <laughs> I hope you stick with it. There's a lot to say. Yeah. There's a lot. We we'll, we'll go into. We we'll break the game down. We we'll break. Uh, almost like a sort of walkthrough, isn't it? it <laughs> kind of. Yeah. Yeah. And it's one of. One of our favourite arcade games, and there's a lot of passion there for that. Oh, game. definitely. I mean, yeah. uh, it's it's magical. Uh, but we, we do go into um, we we'll go into dating a little bit of uh, some more well known or more uh, more infamous ports yeah. conversions of the game because there is some that worth mentioning. Mega Drive games mentioned quite a lot. Yeah, well, it has to be. Yeah, it's a very very close tie to the arcade with some extra bells and whistles. I would have yeah. said Make, uh, one of a kind. But, um, time. Please stick with us. We'll, uh, we're we're going to. Have a quick introduction and then uh, we'll get straight into the episode. Please, like I said before, if you enjoy or if you don't enjoy, leave us a comment. Let us know what we can do to make things better. You know, please subscribe. We'd love to see you again. And um, yeah, tell your friends about us because we, we're new and we we'll want to try and make this a success. And uh, it'll work. I hope you enjoy the episode. We'll see you on the other side. You've got gaming on the brain. Welcome back. As I've probably mentioned already, and I'm sure we will have in the introduction, today is Golden Axe, an absolute legend of an arcade game by Sega on the System 16. Yeah, that's the one, System, System 16, 16 hardware. Yeah. 
the uh, System 16 hardware, what can you really say notable about that? It's, uh... Well, I always love the soundtrack. Um, I thought it was a very versatile hardware as well with so many different games yeah. available. But the, the, I, I just thought many System 16 games had a very notable, when I say soundtrack, the, set, the music, it's yeah, a sound effect. The hardware, the, the, yeah, the you, 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 you knew, you knew you, you hear a game and you got used to what games. Uh, we, if you want to generalise at the Capcom time, what game was Sega? Yeah, you, you, you knew you'd the know, sound. Yeah, Capcom, or Konami, Konami. We know the noise. Yeah, Everyone knows yeah. the noise. Bing, the, the noise sound yeah. So you, there's a bit of that with Sega, and definitely with the System 16B system. I, I say B because there's obviously the A system as well. To believe uh, the Shinobi is a good example is on that. It was just a slight difference in years, and, and there's there's some advancements on the the B system. I'll not go into that though personally right now. Whatever. Um, just before we we'll get into the meat of the episode and talk about Gold Max. Other notable System 16 games, Altered Beast, I expect? I uh, believe it is System B. No, actually not here. Yeah, I think it is. I think it might have been the first System 16B game. So it's Golden Axe System 16B? Or? Yeah, yeah, definitely B, right. yeah. yeah. I mean, I had, well, I had a couple of PCBs at the time now, and I uh, remember that one being specifically B. Ace what, I believe, is. Uh, let's have a think there. Ace what, a good one, yeah. Um, that's offhand. I call Riot City, one of my favourites, which <laughs> that's that might be a story for another day of Riot City because that's since gained a little cult following, but it's never been a big game. Probably also because it's not a Sega game directly, but I digress. Uh, yeah, but there's a, there's a few good titles on the System 16 basis. It's probably their stalwart system at the time, Yeah, um, you know, before moving on to the System System 18, which never had as many titles or as many big titles. I mean, yeah, Alien Storm is a good example, is, but it's just the System 16 B uh, board was so much well well known and had so much more games built for it. Yeah, there was. I mean, there's an absolute ton. We'll not go into them because it will take too long. Yeah, it is easy. There's plenty of sources on the internet to see this, uh, and it is worth looking if you just in, if you're also interested in PCBs and the hardware. Especially if you're collecting and that, you know, or even building or um, repairing the, the, the boards themselves, yeah. So, uh, Golden Axe, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about the plot. So, it's, it's basically well, your typical revenge story, isn't it? It's Golden Axe, yeah. <laughs> Gold, dominated the arcades at the time. Golden Axe, um, the thing is about Golden Axe is, yeah, as Mark says, it is a revenge plot, but. Uh, obviously, it's you. You only have to have had a little bit of experience of the eighties to see that it's completely based on Conan the Barbarian. I mean, yeah. even down to the main bad guy, Death Adder, is pretty much a version of Thulsa Doom from the uh, Conan the Barbarian movie, not the comics. That's something else for another day, maybe. But um, I mean, the looks completely different. But the fact that he's snake based, you know, it's a snake cult, a yeah. snake god, and that. And I thought, you know, it was cleverly done. I mean, that great. Great bit, just great little cutscene if you want to call it, uh, which probably wouldn't be used in nineteen eighty nine. Is at the end of Golnax, just before, well, just before the ending of the final fight, where Death had a in the arcade version. Remember, only forms up from the snakes yeah. and de come, uh, develops into into his, into his final being. You know, so you see what he actually is. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean that the plot is heavily based on many uh, European um, hack and slash movies of the time. Crawl, uh, I say, sword and sorcerer. And obviously, uh, you know, Conan the Barbarian. Um, three great characters as well. Three fantastic characters, I thought. Uh, obviously, with Axe Battler, Gillian Stonehead and Tyrus Flair. Gillian Stonehead's everybody's favourite, but generally, uh, the great thing about Golnax in the arcades is that they do all have... I mean, I know this is a cliche, but they do all have strengths and weaknesses. Now, obviously, Tyrus is generally considered the weakest physical character and you're going to be doing much more fighting than using magic. Faster she's faster and she magic. does have that great kick. The great... So... And also, it's it's a little bit of um, you know 
if if you can beat beat it with Tyrus not without taking a hit, then you, you you're quite a good goal max player. Oh like God, yes, you know. So um, yeah, so the the, the kick Glenn's talking about there. Uh, each character you've got a was essentially a running attack, double tap forward and attack. And Tyrus Flair has this flying kick that and it's is, got priority, hasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's, it's the most got, powerful of the things. It's essentially unbeatable. Um, so you could just use Tyrus to beat the game with a flying yeah. Well, kick. well, I, I I would say. You're pretty much spot on. We're still oh, talking about the oh, arcade oh, game here. Um, well, this is the thing, what Mark's saying, because you sort of can beat the game fully with just that move. I mean, it's a boring way to play it, but you can. Yeah. And he, and the Bitter Knights um, are quite quick and they, and they can deflect the running attack of Axe Battler and Gillius, but... From what I remember, right when I do play, if you play with tires and you don't just try and hit them head on, yeah. you'll connect every time. Mega Drive is a very quick mention. That move is pretty much uh, invincible for everybody, but uh, Axe Battler, who's who's so shoulder charge, very slow and doesn't have a lot of priority. But yeah, for tires, you can get through a great portion of the game. Even Death Adder, you could knock Death Adder down and then without using any other tack, just keep on plowing into him every time he gets to his knees. It's a slow move, a uh, slow damaging move like a low damaging move but it, it uh, it'll get you through the game i mean it's it's less what's good about gold knacks when you when you if you want to spam a move is it's still less of a priority and less broken say the elbow and double dragon one so we'll get into that one day as well yeah, yeah. which does a ton of damage and pretty much takes out everybody without any uh, any hassle so gold knacks is an easy game we'll get the point there definitely say that it's a very easy game to play uh, it's only about 10 to 15 minutes long if you're okay decent at the game if you're a bit poor at the game maybe it'll take you half an hour because you'll struggle with a couple of the tougher bosses definitely the knights uh, maybe maybe a couple of the giants as well because there's three large character types skeletons as well another character who's quite tough to beat so it'll take you a bit of time to get through them but um generally speaking it's uh it's well it's a well-built game for what it is and for its time of 1989 as well so we've uh we talked a bit about tyrus we, we might as well finish off the trio so yeah why not axe battler he's he's pretty much your your medium. Oh, we're forgetting something. I think we should definitely mention the magics just for one second. Though. Uh, yeah, so, yeah. So go back to Tyrus for a second. Like, we've definitely got to mention so the magic. You finish off Tyrus. Golden Axe has got, from, for us, not me, because he'll absolutely agree. I know he will without us even putting this question beforehand. Some of the absolutely fan, most fantastic graphical, magical special effects ever seen in a game. And just to mention the arcade sequel for one second, I'm actually more impressed generally with the magic effect of Golden Axe 1 and 2. Uh, we will get to that one day, yeah, but stop talking about going next to. Yeah, we can't talk about going next to. It's its own thing. Another day. But it, it's it's got. Um, I mean, every character's got a set of different spells. And Tyrus, like I said, our magic being our, our strength has six different types. All starting with like a very weak sort of like fire sprite. So you press your magic button after you've picked up the uh, the little blue pots, which you get from beating up the the blue thieves. Jeez, Pick yeah. up those uh, pots, and you've got a lower level spell for every single. Uh, pot that you use in a magic spell but if you with, with the risk and reward system in place the more pots that you uh, acquire the stronger and better looking the spell becomes now to acquire certain spells on her scale because each character has a grid that has a set of um, spells which um, as you move into the next number into the next spell level yeah, changes physically and damage bar yeah Tyrus it counts like one to six and but it might take more than one magic pot to fill one bar. Now, uh, so it can t- I think it's 10, isn't it, for example? I think it actually virus. is for her. Now, from a strategic standpoint, just to stick, if you're sticking the strategy here, you'd be better off just picking up one. Like you say, you're fighting Death Adder, who takes a lot of hits. Uh, if you, you could just pick up one magic pot at a time if there's a ton on the floor, which there should be in that scene, and just use them one at a time. And you will actually generally do a bit more damage than if you pick up three or four just to reach level 
I can't remember offhand where it will be on the scale, but say two or three. Yeah, yeah. But if you just want to see a better looking spell and offer a bit less damage, because some of the later spells from about level four, I think, because I believe it's five is actually the ghost, which to me is based heavily on Raiders of the Lost Ark, the scene at the end where everyone melts. Oh, you see, yes. but it's a fire ghost, and it's it's actually almost more cooler than the level six magic, which is a massive dragon head dragon that just yeah. sears everything, but it makes a load of noise on screen. You know, so. Um, it's satisfying to use, even though it's just simply the touch of a button. That's what I'll say about the magic for Tyrosaur, and uh, I so think we'll move back there. Tyrus has got the strongest magic and the best running yeah. attack, which has got the shortest reach, um, which makes her very difficult to but play. A, sl a slashes are quick, aren't they? Yeah. A, a close range slashing, yeah. She's basically the um, the blaze from Streets of Rage. Yeah. Um, you've got your Axe Battler, which he's he's pretty much your medium character, so like your, your Axel from Streets of Rage. Um, however, He's, yeah. He's the worst character for me because yeah. normally your, your jack of all, like Axel, uh, is, like I say, a middle yeah, range, player, but he's yeah, just yeah. like really good for a beginner. Now, Axe, Axe Battler, his range is not as good as Gilius's. It's a bit better than Tyrus, but his slashes are very slow. Yeah. And he's got magic at level four, which is obviously only one more than Gilius's level three, but two less than Tyrus. And he's, his shoulder charge is terrible. Yeah. It's very close range, and it, it, it actually often gets... Uh, parried by many of the enemies, even lower level enemies like the Heningas and Longhorns. Uh, yeah, so he's quite he, weak. He ends up just being a bit weaker than Tyrus. Yeah, so I, yeah. I would say oh. when you're going to go for like Bragan rights, probably play with Axe, Axe Battler over Tyrus or Gilius. But um, then Gilius, he has the weakest magic, but he's got by far the best attack because of the range. Um, and his his running headbutt or running kick move, whatever you want to call it, yeah, it's fantastic. It's like yeah. a, a medium level, and it's it's great. It works it, for a lot. It struggles against the knights, and that's about it. Um, and you can hit them in a certain way that you can get them most times out being caught and thrown. But uh, as far as like any other enemy in the game, and I believe if I'm right, even Death Adder, his uh, his uh, headbutt charges is fantastic. Like the, he's um, just such a great character to play as though. Each each character, if you're getting back into the plot for a second, each character has their own agenda for why yeah. they want to kill Death Adder. I think um was it is well, Gilius Losty's twin brother. So yeah. his plan is well, and I'll killed his twin brother. Yeah, yeah, he lost his, uh, that's it, Death Adder uh, killed his twin brother. Um his plot, his plan is to kill Death Adder and then commit suicide, since apparently it is actually it's so dark. Yeah, it's actually um, within his like dwarf clan that is part of what like their ritual yeah. upon um, upon losing a sibling is to, oh, well, to kill. Right. Yeah, and I thought you know it's dark, but obviously mm -hmm. we know without mentioning that game again. Yeah, we know that he doesn't kill himself. But anyway, um, Axe Butler's mother's his father's mother. best yeah. friend's uncle got killed or something. <laughs> somewhere else. Well, Axe loses his mother. Um, you didn't, so, didn't lose it. You didn't like let just lose it. Didn't lose it. Didn't set it or anything. Or anything. No, well, you know, I don't want to. In this day and age, in twenty twenty three, I don't want to be seeing <laughs> death on as being a violent man. You know, he, he, he might have issues. He could have mental health problems. He's so a violent bastard. And he should <laughs> be. I think. Sum it up. Death had a slaughtered his mother, like horribly. Not yeah, Death he, had his mother, he slaughtered yeah. Axe Battler's mother. No, Death had never had a mother, I think. He probably didn't. No, it should have been a snake anyway. should have been devastated. <laughs> the anaconda off uh, uh, the big thing off uh, the end of that middle of uh, Corn the Barbarian that's under the. Ah, uh, yeah, you know the one. But yeah, so Axe Battler's mother's murdered, but Tyrus probably has it hardest because she lost both her mother and. There's that word again. Tyrus. Had her mother and father murdered horribly by well Death Hunter. Well done. So two two uh, very close family members there. So some might say she has the uh, has the strongest agenda, although really either way, 
One thing I've not mentioned so far is that uh, what go like what me personally what Golden Axe means to me. Yeah. Um, I really need to mention this because I I'll, I'll say this in nearly every segment that we do, and I will mean it because just about every game, if not every game, is is from the is from the heart because it's something that I've loved since childhood. For me, I was introduced to the Mega Drive version first, and that blew me away. But that will be mentioned a little bit later. The reasons why that game blows away, and then I moved back into the arcade and was initially for all. For for a strange thing to say, a little bit disappointed, and you'll find out why after playing and completing the Mega Drive, and then going back to playing the arcade version. Yeah. But but I was blown away to have been brought into a world of what now, um, well now even just into the mid nineties, was just something I couldn't comprehend. Having an arcade game that was a great fun player for ten pence at the time, very rarely would have been twenty pence in nineteen eighty nine ninety. Very enjoyable game. And 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 then sure. having. But then you'd have a, a home version, maybe on your Commodore 64 at the time, or if you were rich, an Amiga. But they were very rarely advanced beyond the original version, or there might be a couple of little tweaks here and there. Or you might have an example, just quickly, like, say, Double Dragon 2 on the NES, which is a beautiful game, but it's a very, very different game from the arcade yeah. version. You know, it's such a different game that it could even be a different game with a different title. So, you know, but to have a game that plays pretty much like the arcade version, and looks like it as well, but to have a lot of uh, extra material, was uh, the reason I got into Golden Axe on the Mega Drive initially in the first place, then start playing the arcade game more and flitting between the two, because although they play similar, they do play differently enough that you can get little uh, nuggets of love from either version. I mean, I've always loved how you kill the bad guys in the arcade version and they turn to stone and lie there. Yeah, little things. Yeah. It's just like, I know it's only a little aesthetic feature, which we'll mention in presentation, but it's just, it looks cool, especially when you've got a guy who you've just knocked half off a cliff and he's like turned to stone, well, like, hanging on yeah, and he's hanging ankle. on. It just a weird but cool <laughs> well, at the same time. He's, he's sitting perfectly horizontal from the, his ankle. I found as well, I mean, obviously the general layout of the levels between those two versions does stay the same. Um, the layout of enemies doesn't, and that's a nice little change. So you can take some um, it takes some slightly different experiences from those two versions, the arcade and the Mega Drive. But also Golden Axe was the, the first game that really... Well, the very first game for me, the very first game was actually Spy Hunter, but that's another story. But the first game that I really spent a lot of time with and started to like understand arcade games and got interested in PCBs for when I started collecting um, and just just wanting to know more about the arcade scene in general was, was called Max for me. So that was just what I wanted to say. I mean, what, have you got anything further to say yourself? Cause I mean, I, I got you into that at the time. I, you, I don't want to, I'm not going to get into it too much. I'll get into it at the end when we we'll give our final verdicts and stuff right, like that. Yeah. But um, just just to um, drop back into the presentation a little bit and whatnot, what I, I always found, and you know, not not necessarily graphics surfing because we'll get to that, but it was always just a nice package. The arcade game. Oh yeah, it was uh, very well presented. The attraction. Well, we have to mention the sound, and you know why I've got to mention the sound because uh, Golden Axe uses sample effects from yeah, various samples, yeah. popular films of the time. In fact, the Beast does too, as well uh, as we've discussed before, because uh, the same sound designers are involved. Um, the sample uh, effects from classic films like Rambo, um, Conan, funny enough, <laughs> you know, Conan and uh, The Howling, funny enough, which no one's ever touched on on the internet. But there is sound effects uh, in there from The Howling and uh, that, that's in all the beasts. Uh, the music, well, the, it does stick with like a, a more of a European uh, style and it's similar to what you would expect from that type of game where they yeah. could have just went with uh, a Japanese butt rock or something, which absolutely wouldn't have worked at that time for that particular game, you know, or a more jazzy soundtrack. I mean, it's meant to be like downtrodden and morose. And it look, I mean, the thing about Golden Axe's graphics, though, as well, to, to really just move into this, I've got to say it while I'm here, 
is, I think they're excellent. I love the sort of dull, deep colours, of the, especially of the arcade it's, game. It's a very attractive game. It is. It's, 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 it's big, big splites and things like and that. It is, and they, they keep a certain palette, so it's not bright like, say, Final Fight from Capcom, but it's it's got enough sort of like richness to the colour to make it look like a European game without it actually being a European game at all, I thought. And uh, that's what um, just attracted me to the game. I mean, lots of different, well, not lots of different enemy types, but each enemy type has many different colours and they look great when they're fighting together and that not see. Yeah, see. Now, normally people say palette swaps, you know, and obviously that's became a meme in itself with like the various ninjas of Mortal Kombat. But back at the time of Golden Axe, you know, it meant something because all these different palette swaps looked cool when you're fighting together. Uh, and you knew for a fact you could look at a certain enemy colour type and go, I know he's stronger than him and so on and so forth. Uh, and you, you could pick and choose your opponents to battle. And it was just a nice little nod that uh, stuck with presentation and obviously it worked into the gameplay as well. Yeah, just leaning more on the graphics um, animation-wise, I mean, the, the game looks fantastic. It's adequate for its animation, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, I it's, mean, it's not as animated as, say, Final Fight, which is the same year. Yeah. Although Final Fight does stroke more in 1990 depending on which version you played, but it's excellent for the time and it's completely acceptable. You know? I think um, it does a it does a lot of good work with the sprites. It's a background to give, to give like a almost a sense of motion blur, and it, obviously it isn't motion blur because the title gave nineteen eighty nine. But the when way the enemies are swinging the weapons, yeah, really, like it's you, all done with see, yeah, like a, a with, motion, with, like with, a, with a swinging it. motion, yeah, in the um, swing of the weapon, little little like nods, that. yeah, they could have easily just avoided putting that, yeah, in. and it just it just lead, leads to the presentation and just makes everything like a grander package. You it's know? fantastic backgrounds. I mean, they uh, obviously in a, in a little nod, but I say double dragon, um, they're all multi tiered, so many of them have got like at least one level which. You'll be a step up, up onto or jump. Yeah, like a platform, like not jump a platform onto, yeah. game, but a platform yeah. high up. It's, it's not a flat game like say Final Fight or even yeah. Alien Storm from that for that matter. But it adds a little bit. It, of it, it does. But uh, but go, but as well, one of the big things for presentation for me is I, I know we've just mentioned music. Um, all the themes are excellent. I mean, there's not an enormous amount of them, but there just doesn't need to be. There is only five levels to go max. Ah, each level's got its own. It's unique. got its own unique thing, no, which you would have expected in track it, mode. Set there, yeah, and and there's a, there's two different boss themes. Obviously, the final boss theme. And there's a thing called Battleground, which is the one you have at the end of every uh, first four levels and actually is the main theme of the final level. But that thing, when you what happens is it fades out. The, the, base, the basic level theme fades out and the Battleground theme, Battlefield theme, uh, theme sorry, fades in and, yeah. comes in and then you, you'll be at a boss fight. And that just, it, it's so ominous, I thought, at the time, especially the first time you face the Bad Brothers on level one. And it does, it, it, help, it helps it set the atmosphere of the game. Which yeah. I think it, it does a very good job of that anyway, you know. It's like, it's just, like I said, the overall package is fantastic. And, it you know, it's typical of games from that time. They still yeah. look an absolute, you know, beautiful thing to play. Now. Oh, yeah. So, well, that's why this, it'll be timeless. Um, I mean, the whole the whole uh, aspect of, of Golden Axe in the arcade is just, uh, it's probably, I mean, it, it's definitely one of Sega's best beat-em-up games. I mean, they have quite a few on the belt now, and obviously there's home games we'll talk about at some point, which are better, uh, but they've got, but that, there's reasons for I mean, when you were talking about three or four years later, what do you expect, you know, completely different engine as well yeah. and different style of fighting, but for its time, and, and for its time, and yes, and for now, Golden Axe is still an excellent game. Definitely surpassed by others, including certain sequels. But um, for its absolute time, I mean, Golden Axe is just, just a, it's still a great masterpiece. I tell you what, we haven't touched on the, um, the attract mode differences. Ah, well, yeah, it EU should be worth mentioning, actually. Yeah, there's, there's two very different ones. Um, I mean. I'll, I'll tell you a little story here, if you care. 
But um, I remember I was in, I think it was Dunes or something, or Leisure World or something in South Shield or whatever it was called. We're seeing that one. Um, I remember that cabinet. And was I remember walking well. past the cabinet Same too. with Golden Axe. Um, and I remember just out the corner of my eye catching a, a little uh, animation a long sequence one. of a long one getting one head is. cut off. Yeah, I was like, and it flies towards the screen. Yeah, was it a bit yeah. of simple uh, bit spike, spike scale in there? You know, thought, right? did, did I just see that? So I, I hung around and watched the rest of the track board, and sure enough, it happened. But <laughs> yeah, there was a bit of slight disappointment though, because after seeing that, I expected to go into the game and be able to chop heads off and everything. So Aye, there is none of that, is. unfortunately, in Golden but it is what it is. But uh, that what, what were well, what I mentioned it to you, I think, and you told us about this, and it. Apparently, only the Japanese version has that animation. Yeah, yeah, it's um, not in the worldwide or not. EU and US or world versions are just the standard track mode with yeah. you know, the golden axe lettering in the clouds and then a, a little brief gameplay demo with a bit of a story and background for each character, you know, which and is more than adequate. It's it, I was just going to say, I mean, there is a character called Alex. Got to mention Alex. Great, good old Alex. Good old Alex. And now I don't know to this day, and I've like I said, I've loved Golden Axe since I was pretty much introduced it in 1990, uh, but a year after its release, maybe re shortly after Mega Drive. Um, and this character, Alex, we don't to this day know who he actually is, and I've never really checked. And there's probably, he's, there's just probably, an, he's an NPC at the very start. Yeah, right? yeah. But he, he just starts the story. Basically, he gets killed in front of you, and that's it. You 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 murder everyone. There's, you've already got an agenda. Now you've got more of an agenda. Yeah, since Alex, Alex is gone, killed. you know, I, I want to play as Alex, Alex one day. I hope the release of Alex's Alex. story. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I would love to have a side story one of these days where we'll find out his his role and like why he was there. Why who who actually? Well, we know who killed him. It was a silver long one. One of them chopped him. So we we see he's murdering Stabbed the kid in the back, basically. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's uh, it, it's there's plenty of NPCs. Actually, I mean, uh, they don't really play a part in the game. But uh, if you if you uh, run past some villagers, they just scream at you. But there is times where you'll see a villager who's getting beaten up by a long mourn or a, uh, possibly one of the big guys is laughing at them and that, and uh, you can free, free them. And that. Now, there's no obvious advantage to that, but I do believe, although I don't know for definite, I do believe that it does count towards your your overall score at the end. I mean, said later games in the series. There is times where it does uh, actually give you on-screen physical gameplay benefits, but for Golden Axe 1, it doesn't. But it doesn't need to. At the end of the day, unless you're a bad man yourself, you're probably just going to try and save them, aren't you? Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, so. as quick and as, as painlessly as you can. So, But, um, yeah, I mean, we've, we've spoken a little bit about NPCs. I mean, the player characters will give you on that. So yeah. let's, let's talk about the enemies. Oh, right. Well, uh, I'd love to... I'd love to chip in here a little bit. Like uh, Golden Axe features seven enemy types, eight if you include the thieves. They're not really enemies because they don't Someone's attack you. Someone's done the homework. Oh, definitely. I don't. <laughs> I don't think. Now, again, one of the things that attracted me about Golden Axe at the time on the Mega Drive was I loved the diverse cast of enemies. And when we complete that game, and it'd give you a, a cast list of all the characters, and it'd give you an almost RPG sort of stat rating for yeah. every enemy color and type. Uh, and obviously showing you who was strong and all had ranks and everything. It gave him a little bit of, of great personal character. Um, but there is, like I say, seven main enemy types. You've got four types of mooks, as you might call them, three types of boss characters. Uh, when I say mooks, I, I class the skeletons as mooks, but they could be considered sort of mini bosses sometimes as well. But anyway, um, your first two are almost like your Williams and Roper of Wolnax, uh, Williams and Roper being double dragon enemies. You've got the Heningas and the Longmorns. Now, these are clearly based on... Uh, basic soldier types of the Conan films, yeah. you know, the dress, the long ones are dressed in simple armour and carry spike clubs. The Heningas don't wear as much. They seem to like love flexing the muscles and that and they have <laughs> spiked sort of circular maces 
um, and uh, studded, more like studded maces actually. And uh, these characters both attack with uh, a basic three swipe combination and uh, a running attack. And in the arcade game, and only the arcade game, if I remember right, because not the Mega Drive, they also have a jumping attack as well. And that, I said the characters do not have that move in the. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't think yeah. I've ever seen. Very rare they do. Attack, yeah. Both have a jumping attack. Yes, I own. That's it. That's it. You rarely see it because oh, they yeah. do it rare. It, it has no sound effect. They just jump up and do a quick swipe. But it's not on the Mega Drive. Um, <laughs> they can ride on the Bizarians as well, which is something we can't forget to mention because yeah, that would be terrible. Yeah. Uh, which are uh, I'll, I'll I'll just diverse for one second. Come back. But the, there's three types of dragons as well. Um, Bizarians. Yeah, called Bizarians. Uh, they each have their own speciality. Golnax has these characters in place of like pick up, pick, pick up pick weapons because up yeah. you obviously already have a weapon. You don't need the second one, in, in, and it makes logical sense. And they make a massive difference to the game. In fact, um, well, Seth, two of them do. Two, yeah, yeah. I mean, yes, there's, a, there's three, three types. There's a, a character called the Chicken Leg, which is actually borrowed from Altered Beast. So I'm not even going to try and describe this thing. Look at the one and all the beasts. And there's a single dragon sprite, which is split into two types called a blue and red dragon. And they have two different fire attacks and both X. Both are beyond broken, as in beyond double dragon, elbow broken. But they're not. Yeah. I mean, there's only one red dragon in the game, although you do get this dragon at the very beginning of, of the longest level in the game, I would say. Yeah, so, for the entire Yeah, level, you've won that level straight out. Level. But the blue dragon, although the blue dragon only has a short range flame attack, the range of the flame is still way longer to defeat any enemy from a distance apart from Death Adder. Especially if, if you like move below or above the enemy so they have to walk into the flames well, as they're coming up to meet I've you. I've found that even fighting the knights, if you allow one of the knights, the bitter knights, to just stand up and walk towards you head on on your exact level and you fire your flame, so it'll easy. still hit them and you'll yeah. never be able to get it. But Death Adder obviously uses ground magic. But anyway, I just want to mention the Bazarians because it's very important. Going back to the enemies quick. So that's your Hennings and Longmorns. They both are low level mooks so you've got to watch out for each of them comes in five or six different colors and they they do have very real different um, move and attack characteristics all all different all the types do share the same three moves but they have different health and the diff uh, different stats as yeah. far as attack and um movement and the movement and attack attack range uh, sorry attack speed on them can be so different that yeah we'll fight them as different characters i mean yeah. red long morns are fairly common Red Longmorns and Henningers, actually, but they're like, very powerful. They're not the most powerful, they're, but they're, they're very quicker, powerful. They're, they're they are. quicker than that, don't they're they? They're quicker. They've got quite a bit of health, but they're very, the most powerful and the, a cool enemy in general, I thought, was the, the dark zombie Henningers and Longmorns, which only appear. In yeah, fact, they're four. technically the boss of level four, aren't they, really? Yeah. Because you yeah. fight a group of these tough characters and they take quite a... They, uh, take, they have quite a bit of health. waves of them, yeah. Yeah. Um, and they're very, very fast and hard. They take, like... They, they have more health than the Red Henningers and Longmorns, but... Again, only on that level and more of exclusive boss. But that's your two basic moves. You've got a next level up, which is the Zubaroka woman. Now, a Zubaroka mm -hmm. is actually a lizard woman. Yep, and that's their overall title of the tribe. I thought she was called the Amazon woman. Oh, no. no <laughs> well, you can call them Amazon. That's what I used to call her. But I found out that the actual name from the Japanese manual is Zubaroka. Really? And if that's how you pronounce it, anyway, I think I'm pronouncing it right. Uh, it is an English translation from a Japanese manual. In the arcade version of three types of these, that actually four in the Mega Drive, but uh, that's not important in a minute. And they have uh, a green and a purple variety and also um, a red variety who's extremely, the fastest moving enemy in the game, even faster than a skeleton. And when I say fast moving, I don't mean by running attack. I mean, literally, she's like, she's running around the place and, you, and they've got such a fast swing. Now, these do only have two attacks, so they don't have a, a jumping attack. So they've got a double swing with the axe and they've got a running axe swing, which is the most powerful running attack in the game, it actually takes priority over every other enemy and character. So 
Uh, although I'll not go too deep into the running attack priorities at the minute. I'll just say that like certain enemies, some characters can overcome and some can't. Uh, the giants, funny enough, would you believe the fat giants, which I'll get to in a sec, their their running attack has extremely low priority. And yeah, I actually I, beat if, them with like Yeah, if I believe right, all three characters, possibly even Axe Battler, can beat them. If they both run at each other at the same time, I know Tyrus and Gilius definitely can. But the Zubaroka woman, uh, she takes priority over everybody. Uh, but again, dangerous and also can ride the Bizarians. The next level, which is sort of your middle, your middle boss character, if you want to call it, is the skeletons. Now, in the arcade, these come in four varieties as well. Um, and they are even the lowest variety is quick and dangerous. The skeletons yeah, main disadvantage. Them. Absolutely hate fighting. Oh, the, but they're very versatile kit. fighters. I mean, they have so many different attacks. They've almost got, I'm not even going to mention all the attacks of hand right now, but they've got almost as much uh, attacks as the main character. In fact, yeah. they even, they even share, they even share the special spinning attack that both Tyrus and Axe Battler have. They even have that, which no, you know, which was, I don't believe it's on the Mega Drive version. I'm pretty sure it's not. Um, but they can't ride the dragons. Uh, which is a little offset, but it's not that they really need them. Like I say, coming for varieties as well. And there is special mention of one variety, which is a dark skeleton, which is sort of like basically the skeleton version of the dark longhorns and Heningas. But the little secret here is here, yeah. and I didn't find this out in about 10 years after, I believe, owning maybe the arcade PCB, was that those skeletons only appear if you dawdle in a level. Golden Axe is an unusual beat up in that it doesn't have a normal timer. Like Final Fight or yeah. Street, Street, uh, Street to Age or Double Dragon. So loitering around won't kill you, but loitering around Golden Axe will cause two, always a pair, two dark skeletons to appear. Uh, you have to wait exactly a minute, so it's not like you're, you're not pushed. So it's more of a secret attack, a secret uh, event, really, more of an Easter egg than an actual, isn't it, though, than yeah. more than a real time I penalty. The hard, and they're hard. And they are tough. You can easily blast with magic, they only need a, a couple of knockdowns, but. Um, you can have, a, you can, we did a little experiment only about 10 years ago, but you can actually have 16 of these skeletons on screen at the time, which is unheard of for an amount of sprites in a game, uh, in a beat em up game. So there's a certain point in level one, so you might want to try this if you haven't. Wait in the top section of level one, there's a, a alcove like a cliff. Wait there, for, it is, well, it'll be 16 minutes, is eight, it? No, eight, eight minutes, eight, eight minutes, minutes actually. Yeah. So sit and wait, and every minute you wait, a pair of skeletons appear with 16 and then try and walk to the end of the level with all 16 skeletons and just see how the game gets fucked up but it's great and the game <laughs> handles it well and doesn't crash but it is funny how it handles this sort of event that it's not really expected to handle so I thought it was cool anyway that's last of the four basic enemy types we're going to now move on to the first of the three boss types and all three types are extremely cool you've got fat giants and they come in three varieties as well You've got the Bad Brothers, which is like just one of my favourite characters of all time. So the thought of these two brothers just running around the countryside, just beating people up, because that's what it looks like. You go at the end of the level and they're standing there laughing at you. And yeah, it's, like, yeah. it's a nice little character sort of quip, uh, quirk, you know, and like these are bad guys and that. they're clearly having fun, you know, and I mean, I always loved it. They don't make any actual noise, but the shoulders are shaking and they're very big guys and that's great. Um, they're very easy to beat, like they're slow and they're, they have quite a bit of health, but they're slow and their actual weapon attacks are quite slow as well. But you are fighting them as a pair, and you've usually got a couple of low-level Hennings and Longhorns <laughs> near as well. As well, so when you first see them, you're like, Jesus. What yeah, you see they're massive you know? spikes and look great. But they, their set of attacks, they've got a, a downward um, swing of their massive Ham uh, hammers. Mallet they've got a massive Warhammer Mallet type thing. Um, they've got a sideways swing with the hammer, which is very rare and unusual. You've got to approach them in a certain way for them to do that, and it's the only version they, they, they do that on. So, you know, if you're interested in looking at uh, move sets of enemy characters and that, there's one to look for. 
Um, they have a kick, just they'll kick you and take you down. They can throw you, they can pick you up and grab you and throw you, which is lethal because there's yeah, certain, right. like I said, generally speaking in goal knocks in the arcade, you're fairly safe with a lot of running attacks, but going back to say Axe Battle as an example, if he runs at these guys and does a shoulder charge, he'll often get grabbed mid-flight and flung in the air. Up in the air right? And they said their final attack of their five, which I think is quite a lot of attacks for a, a large boss carrier, is their massive running charge, which uh, you see a big a big meaty shoulder coming towards you, you know, to get out of the way. <laughs> um, but anyway, so first three boss types, there's three colours, Bad Brothers, I said, which are green, the lowest level and the weakest. You've got, oh, sorry, no, on the arcade, there are only two, actually. Sorry, only two, not three. Uh, and the second of the two was General Hartland, who's the red one, who yeah. isn't a boss in himself, but he's actually the personal bodyguard to death at him in the final level, and he puts up a good fight. Same set of moves, obviously, very fast uh, for his size, so fast movement and fast attack speed. So usually when you get to that point in the game, you're probably better off using magic, because otherwise you're going to be t fighting two large boss characters, potentially a skeleton or two, or in the very least, red hennings and long ones. Yeah. It's such a tough fight. The next of the boss varieties, which I would say is maybe actually my favourite. I've always found the knights, the bit of knights, to look so cool. Um, they're clearly based on a European design. I mean, they're quite generic, in fact, you know, to look at. They're just simply our knights, with the only unusual um, feature being that they've got downward facing horns, uh, which does look quite menacing and, and odd, but, you know, quite unusual. Like, it reminds us of something from... Um, uh, Beastmaster, to be honest, like you know, if you've seen that film, you might understand where I'm coming from. Uh, or the other, the face down in the arcade, but up in the Mega Drive. There's right. a weird one for you, yeah. Yeah, right. it is a bit odd. Uh, and they um, they come in two varieties as well. Uh, the first first one is a lieutenant or lieutenant to you in America, lieutenant Biller, who is the boss of level three. And that whole boss fight is probably my favourite, if not my second favourite. Just the fact that it's an epic battle. He comes charging out of a out of a beer garden, doesn't he? Oh, yes, a beer garden. Yes, so right. you move the end of the level and there's some mid, low to mid-level hinnings and long ones, including the only gold long one in the game, which I spotted a while back. Well, while we're on the subject of beer gardens, you might notice throughout, throughout Gold Nast, there's a lot of references to alcohol. Only in the Mega Drive version, <laughs> I remember. Only in the Mega Drive, and that's well, in the well, cast of characters here. Yeah, well, I've never known, I don't even know what the names, if the knights and, and characters are actually named in the arcade. Well, that goes back to... The Zubaroka women, because their names ah, are yeah. Limanir, Gruzia on the Mega Drive, which is a dark variant only available on the Mega Drive. Jesus, yeah. There's Strawbeer, and then there's Storchenir, which is named after a very expensive Russian vodka. Yeah. So, you know, so there's definitely a. a if I, and I, well, I think you're close with the cheese one now, but I did Google these at one point, <laughs> and I could have sworn, or yeah. it's close, maybe this, the Japanese one probably couldn't spell it right, but yeah. we didn't know how to at the time. But yeah, there is a lot of beer references. It's favourite type like, of cheese when he's down his bottle of Storch in here. I, I know for a fact Heninga is definitely a real type of lager, I think. Yeah, I think it is. And even though I think, I don't remember what we found from Longmorn, but it will be. It just sounds Dark, like a type of alcoholic yeah, drink, doesn't it? Like. Sounds like a form of mead or something. Um, but anyway, but with a night character, so you've got two of those. You've got ten bit of best fight in the game, maybe. Very easy to beat if you've got one of the dragons. So I actually like the not get the dragon or throw the dragon away at that point yeah. so I can fight him properly, you know. He doesn't actually have a massive amount of health, but he's quite tough. And uh, the knights have only three forms of attack. The the only enemy in the game actually doesn't have a charge move at all, like a charging. Yeah, you're running attack. There is, Death Adder does count as well, but I'll get that in a second. But they don't have that, which is a, it is a disadvantage for them, but they've, they're so quick on the feet. Both both varieties, there's two, uh, both varieties are quick on the feet. Um not as quick as the Lemonier uh, women, the red uh, Zubrook woman, but still very quick for the size. And um, they have a long range sword swipe, 
a really the, long range. Like the it's probably longer thing. than Death Adder's axe swipe or about yeah. the same, maybe's eye. Uh, and of course, side swipe the shields, which is a great sort of counter if you get too close. But they can also pick you up and throw you as well, which is exclusive to the arcade and not in the Mega Drive. Just like the throw that the bad guys have, uh, the, the fat guys have in as well. They don't do that in the Mega Drive. But anyway, the, the second type of these characters is the Colonel Bitters and the Twin Colonels will always face you just before the final fight on level five. So it's like basically the gatekeepers, aren't they? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And that this is a tough battle. Actually, it is a tough. If you if you've got maybe Axe Battler and Tyrus both at full magic and no dragon, um, I would probably suggest using it if you're paying. If you're actually paying money to play, um, obviously if you've got the dragon, the blue dragon, which is available, they're a cakewalk. But it is quite a narrow area where you fight them in. There's usually still like one or two hennings and longmorns hanging around. Yeah, so I, mean, I it's like quite, that bit though, yeah, you can knock great. them off the edge. Sort of yeah, well. you can. There's little secret areas where you can knock characters off the edge here and there. And if you manoeuvre them with a bit of fancy footwork to the left side. You can get them to fall off with a little uh, push from the fire breath. But anyway, so Colonel Bitter, not an actual boss, but a little bit faster, a little bit more meatier than Lieutenant Bitter, although has the same health. But when you fight two of them, you have to be careful. But now we'll move on to Big Bad himself, Death Adder. Death Adder is, as we've already discussed, Death Adder is just a legend and another at the same time. Yeah, he's a, he's a big old boy, and he, he, uh, he's he, got, he looks like a fantastic sprite work on him. Oh, that's excellent. great. I mean, a little bit of his design looks actually very similar to the, the fat guys. Like They have the same sort of armoured skirt, uh, you know, and shoulder guards, sort of very similar, um, gauntlet, uh, armlets. You know, the, the design is similar between those two characters, but in fact, so similar that on the Mega Drive, actually used part of the same sprites. You'll notice, yeah, that, yeah, yeah, the sense, sprite yeah. design that actually take part of his lower sprite from the two characters and just use it. Cartridge size, man. That's it, yeah. So, and it took us a while to notice that. Um, but he's a great fight. He, he, Death Adder's big thing is that he's got so much health. I mean, he has two and a half times the actual health of the next toughest characters, which are General Harland, the two Bitter Knights, all of which would take... Um, I'll, I'll, I'll not break hmm. down the me mechanics in a minute, but they would... Would, would you go as far as say he's a cheap end boss? No. No, I would say he's a. I would say Death Adder is a easy end boss. He's he's. He always, about, he always seems to kick my ass though, like with his magic because he keeps spamming magic attacks. If well, too far away from that, well, like. I would say Deathbringer is a, a cheap end boss, which we'll get to. That's a cheap yeah. end boss. Ignore that. <laughs> I personally think Death Adder is quite easy to beat. I mean, he only has two moves. Actually, he only has two attack moves. He has an axe swing. He was in the golden axe, which. Does as much damage as the knight's sword, which is lethal, of course, takes a full bar off, but isn't nothing that you can avoid. You can actually definitely planes Tyrus and Gilius. You can move past them up and down on the planes and they'll not be a hit you. Um his second more dangerous attack, as Mark saying, though, is his magic spell. Yeah. Now it's it's actually it's nowhere near as potent as even the lowest level spell of uh Axe Battle or Gilius Unhead, really. It, it does take one full health bar, but it's it fires out um it fires out a single what do you say, like a ground bolt? What yeah, you call like, it? A, like, like a, a mini, mini quick. Yeah. And, and you can just oh. jump over it, and it is quite easy to avoid now. Um, but, you know, it does come out fairly quick, although you, you, you can plan for it. Um, but that is his team to move. You can jump over there. You can Exactly, yeah. He, you can move up and down far enough away from the screen. It does track you. He does have the ability extent. to run. He does have the ability to run as well. Um, and he actually runs with the axe sort of down. It looks like he can attack you with it, but he doesn't. He just runs about the arena just to... Um, Get a little bit more footwork cardio. mobility and a bit of cardio in there, I suppose, as well. <laughs> but he doesn't have a charge attack, so that's always worth noticing. Um, but, I mean, the thing about Death Adder is when you finally beat him, the axe flies up in the air and hits Aye, him in the, the chest. Straight straight down the like middle of the leg. Massive screams, yeah. spell of blood, you know. 
Uh, it's, just, it's, it's impressive when you kill them. It's fun. You yeah. always remember the first time you killed Death Adder. Is it worth, Martin, mentioning the few extra enemies on the Mega Drive here now to while we're talking about enemies? Or, or what, because uh, yeah, I mean, I mean we, can, can be we can always come back into the arcade one. So, yeah, I mean... Yeah, the, we'll, we'll do this because it is a little bit appropriate. Now, there's no, to be fair, there's no new enemy types at all in the Golax on the Mega Drive. There isn't. But there is a few extra colour variants and they do make a difference. Some of them very importantly, as you'll yeah. see. Um, obviously, just, just skimming over quickly with the long ones oh, and things. I tell you what, before we do that, why don't we quickly go through the levels on the arcade, right? Because we'll talk and then we can, we can you know, move on. Move on the new eye on the end. Yeah, sure, sure. Tell them about the enemies in there while you're on. So, um, if refresh, tell us if I'm wrong, but le level one, you're basically in a Amazon. Well, level one is the wilderness. There's wilderness, five levels yeah. to go next in the arcade. Um, so you, you, it's basically like a fairly flat level apart from one raised platform. Yeah. Nice It doesn't try to be too unusual or too yeah. big. It's what you'd expect, isn't it? Yeah. It's not, you know, it's not like you're starting the level in a massive rampant battlefield or no, something like weird, you know. <clears throat> but it, it, it's 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 still well-remembered as a theme because obviously the music theme is so well-remembered. Some people would only play maybe a couple of minutes and give up or lose a credit. Um, it's got a nice little, like I say, it's got a nice little, uh, like, step area, a, a, yeah. a raised platform where you can get a thief and get a couple of uh, spells there. Yep. It's not a massive level, but at the same time, it's, it's no, respectable. The, the what would, it takes, what, probably two, three minutes. And more, probably, yeah, in the boss. Five or six yeah. waves of enemies, tops That's before it. the boss. And it, it is a nice it's easy, so it, it, it nice yeah. way to ease you in. Like, it, it does, it does give you the lowest level again going back to the colour schemes of the enemies it does give you the lowest levels yeah. to, to contend with just like a training and a warm exercise it throws a couple of it throws a purple Heninga in there at one point uh, who takes a little bit more uh, to, to kill than like the regular silvers and that but other than that though I mean the, the toughest enemy in there apart from the bosses is probably the the Storchenir woman yeah so you uh, know you fight roughly you know, halfway half you know point, like yeah, a simple midway boss you want to call it like there that she comes in on which you can get if you want to, but personally, I avoid yeah. it. Um, now, level two, though, is very iconic, isn't it? Yeah. village. Yeah, so level level two, you start up, up atop where you very leave kind level. of the first level. You drop down. There's a, it's like a long sweeping. Um, at first, you don't realise it looks like a sweeping path. but That's what's so cool in. about it. You do, I mean, you do know what it is because you, each level gets introduced with these fantastic-looking hand-drawn maps, and it does tell you what the level is, and it does give you quite yeah, a detailed exactly. description of what the level is and where you go next, doesn't it? But when it's, say, Turtle Village, you might be telling yourself, oh, is it just the name of the village? You don't realise that you're actually on the back of a giant turtle. And that's, yeah. I mean, personally, and just to, I always like to look for inspirations when we're talking about these games. And I think that inspiration may have come from Stephen King, actually, because Stephen King talks about the turtle, or, oh, Dis right. or even Discworld, Terry Pratchett. He talks about uh, turtles as being, like, actually a land that people live on and that, you know, and I wonder if there's influence there. It might be, there might not be, but it's a nice, nice thought that it could be. But the level itself, or it's quite tough. It's quite tough, actually, because it actually, it's not fighting the thought's toughest enemies that you're in the first area. Um, you're already facing some red, red hennings and long ones, which I would say are the second top, the second tier of, uh, of characters, you know, of enemy uh, enemy levels as far as colour goes. Well, in fairness, there's and not a lot of game, is there? So you, you've got to try and get these enemies in pretty yeah. soon, I think. Oh, no, it's well done. It's good to do. You've got a cliff as well. Obviously, you've got to be careful you don't fall off the cliff and you can knock the enemies off there if you prefer. But it's just you're, you're in an area already where you just need to be wary where you step because you will lose a full life, as you would in most games of the time. Um, the level has a lot of villages. It's called Turtle Village. It's got a lot of villagers who are trying to escape the, the, the purge, basically, you know, of the pillage of this massive army of, of evil snakes. Yeah, death of evil warriors, you know. 
Um, it's the first of the five levels that doesn't feature a proper boss battle in the normal sense. Doesn't have a, yeah, a single big enemy or a pair of big enemies. Of enemies yeah, put you, that's it. Well, put you against the thing is, even though it doesn't, it, well, it does feature one new enemy as you say in the form of the skeleton. skeleton yeah. But I, I've always found the skeleton to not be too tough anyway. The real challenge on that level comes from the the Lemonier women, and there's three if I remember right. There could be two, and because they're so fast and that one's already on a blue dragon anyway. You've got quite a nasty fight, but because they all don't have a great lot of health, if you if you've got like at least here four magic levels, you wipe them out in one shot, you know. Uh, but there is two waves, so there's a second wave of Eddie's Cub. It's not a tough fight in itself, especially if you get the blue dragon. Yeah, yeah. well, that's it. Uh, you can uh, just you can make mince meat out of them, basically. Yeah, it's, it's a great level. Doddle. The next level, probably my favourite level, to be honest. Like I've always loved uh, the Turtle Bridge uh, level three. Um, I thought that was fantastic. It's uh, it is as, as the name implies. It has a bridge, uh, which is broken, so you have to either jump across or run and charge on, which is much better than safe. Yeah, just run, run and tackle. But it's not like double dragon levels of uh, difficulty where yeah. you, you've got a time to time like, and right. have a pixel perfect. But the, one of the best fights in the game, in fact, probably for me personally, the best fight in the game, and you might not expect me to say this, is the start of level three. It's epic. Uh, you fight about eight or nine enemies all coming at you in multiple waves and there's all the different types of dragon are there so you've got a pick of your chicken leg blue and red dragons the only red dragon in the game by the way and then you're fighting uh, multiple multiple heningas and longbones there's at least one zubaroka there there's a, all at different about two or three different power levels as well you fight about eight or nine enemies in that one level and it's uh, in that one area sorry and it's uh it's not available on some other versions and that, that was a little bit of a loss you know because it's it's a long and it's a fun level once you've got over the bridge, you, um, you're you going to come to a door. And by all means, you really need to step back from this door because it's <laughs> going to burst open and two people are going to come out and they're going to be very angry to see you because you killed them at level one. It's the Bad Brothers again. and uh, Reincarnated. Reincarnated. I mean, they're exactly the same as before. They don't have any extra strength or any moves or anything else. And you should, if you're beginning to be having at least one of the dragons by now, so definitely a blue, if not the red. So you'll kill them easily. But if you don't have those... Uh, dragons handy you've got quite a narrow you remember yeah it's quite yeah, a narrow yeah. area to fight oh, on you haven't got much of to move up and down it's all. possible yeah. if you use your footwork to get them onto the left side and if you can hit them in a certain way you can make them fall onto the bridge that's still on screen and if you can hit them again as they get up you can knock them off that bridge even though it's completely yeah. off screen killing them instantly but it's quite a tough little fight actually you said if you don't have the dragons or magic or you don't have any experience well anyway mid-level boss battle and then maybe the second epic battle in the game uh, if not the level, is when you move further on, that's when you, we were spoken about earlier, actually, you fight Lieutenant, fight Lieutenant Bitter, the boss, yeah. yeah, and that's with his group of cronies as well. And um, like I say, there's quite a few thieves here as well, so you hit them to get the magic pots. And you've got a lot of magic, so if you want to wipe all these characters out, pretty much can very quickly, but but it, to me it's wasting it because it's such a good fight. It's better to dismount for the dragon. If you're playing it without money and just have fun, you know, and just go, go at it two years if you're playing two playing. Beat yeah. the crap out of them, like so. One important thing just to probably mention the uh, the magic. Once you've got a full magic bar, any more magic pots you collect are just wasted. You, it doesn't go any further than filling the bar up. Yeah. So you try know, and avoid picking them up. You yeah. do pick them up if you get knocked down, didn't you? Yeah. You don't you pick stuff up, so be careful. Up, so yeah, it's better not to waste them. Try try not to avoid them where you can when you've got a full bar. You know. I'm gonna let you talk about the fiend's path because it's such an iconic level of any game. I think like yeah. So I mean, fiend's path. You you start off so level four. You you start off it. You fight um, beautiful some, level. some red enemies. Um, some aye, of the some red long, some of the last of the game, I yeah. You've got a you've got a good bit where you're jumping up on a, a higher ledge. Yeah, it's about three um, levels, isn't it? And I like personally jumping up and knocking the enemies back or knocking them down and 
having to make it's them quite a strategic back part of that beginning though, isn't it? There's yeah. quite a lot you can do and or be done there. You can get on that second ledge and then they start hitting you, or you can throw one onto yeah. the ledge, then knock them up further and that's so all you've got their feet under your blade, can't you? So then, uh, it's quite a good little fight that. Once you get up from there, you it's it's you're on the back of an eagle at this yeah. point, aren't yes. you? So you, and you, you wouldn't you, own. Yeah, and, you wouldn't and own. the eagle's flying because you can see by the clouds going past. Yeah. It looks good. Um but there's plenty of places here as well to knock enemies off screen so that that does simplify things a little bit you, you fight uh, quite a few skeletons quite a few of the dark heningers and long yeah on this the level. skeletons on this level are it's their level it's the it's the undead level but it's uh, it, the music even's creepy i mean it's all yeah. bored it's like when you listen to music you can tell the influence guy. yeah in fact this level is obviously clearly inspired by Jason and the Argonauts. Yeah. I mean, obviously, the skeletons in general from Golden Axe look like they've been ripped from Jason and the Argonauts, but this level here, with the style and the music and the movement of the characters and that, you know, you just feel the influence straight away, and it's, it's such such a cool thing to spot that. But, yeah, there's quite a lot, and what's great about the skeletons, they don't just wander on screen. Sega doesn't do that. Golden Axe doesn't do that. They're not going to have the skeletons yeah. wander on screen. They come up from the ground, up, right? exactly like in Jason and the Argonauts, and it looks so cool. Um, but as Mark's saying, and as I mentioned earlier as well, uh, when you move on a bit further, you, you begin to fight the dark ones and long ones. Now, you actually fight one or two before the music changes to the boss thing, but they are technically a boss fight, really. I mean, they're much tougher than the, the generic battle at the end level two, and they take a lot of health. They have a lot of health. They're very fast. They've got a quick attack, and you generally could be fighting three enemies at, at once here, which could be at least two of them and a skeleton, and it's yeah. quite hard. A fight, it's quite hard. I mean, if you've got a load it of is, magic, you could tricky. blast them. Yeah, yeah. 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 You can you can juggle in a way between two enemies and stuff, but it, at a beginner level on gold, next you're going to get your ass handed you know, quite a bit here. Like yeah, uh, these are the toughest enemies, you know. There's a way. I mean, there's definitely a few like techniques that we've learned. Yeah, I. Uh, but there's a few techniques we've we've definitely learned between us, and I mean, I know the, the, a lot of people uh, know that. Trapment at the bottom of the screen. Yeah, and you just like a special. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that in a second, won't we? Uh, but that's level four in a nutshell. I'll I'll mention level five if it's all right because yeah. it's, uh, it's another fantastic level. Yeah, go for it. Um, it starts off quite multi tiered and it's only now that you begin to realise what you're on the back of because the one good thing about level four is, unlike Turtle Village, it doesn't tell you exactly what you're on. You don't really find out until the start of level five that you actually were on the back of a giant eagle. I mean, it looks like you can see uh, feathers and you can see clouds going past, but it's not clear. Unlike Turtle Village, it's a bit more clear. And you see the turtle, just going back, you do see the turtle's head in the bridge of level three, which I look good. We are talking about an actual turtle's head, I believe. Um, but anyway, so uh, when the battlefield, the final battle, and um, it is, it's it's great. It starts off with multiple skeletons coming up from the ground, and like yes. I say, you're on a multi-tiered area anyway, which drops down to a bridge, and you can use that to your advantage. Uh, and it's it's good. It's a good bit of fun here. Yeah, get on that bridge, and there's a there's a red, a, lemonade, a red woman there with the uh, with the first with the first and only blue first and only blue dragon on the level, and the last blue dragon to, to last dragon we had in fact. Yeah, and. Um, she, uh, if you get that, if, if you're a beginner or you're playing on money and you want to get a good score, I would advise getting it. Um, so some people do, some people don't, but anyway, it's the most powerful asset you can have on that level. Um, but you, you, you fight this character, and then there's a lot of le uh, red long ones and henning. There's quite a few actually on here, about four or five. But that's then that you'll after beating them, you'll take on the the two. Uh, you, you, did you mention the eagle's head? Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, just as you yeah. get on the bridge, yeah, you see it's animated as well. The eyes moving and everything, it looks yeah, so cool. Great. But you see, yeah, you actually see the eagle's head that you were, you know, from the eagle that you're actually on, like, so that looks great, you know, just because if you didn't realize that, you'd know that by now. And um, like I say, as well, so, and it is it is a castle, by the way. You're leading from the back end of the Fiend's Path level 
and it's basically the Eagles landed at the castle, not the gates, but sort of a, what would you call it? Would you call it where the drawbridge area was? Yeah, that's I, what that bridge like, looks like. Yeah, also, it's not clear because it's, like, like, it's, it's high up. It looks like it's actually yeah. landed, like it's in the sky, or it's it's just up a height, like a tower, you know, yeah. like all thank of you know, uh, Lord of the Rings or something. Uh, not all thank, um, you know, but anyway, uh, that's you fight the two red knights, the colonel, Colonel Bitters, uh, beat them, and then uh, move on into uh, Death Adder's courtyard. Well, it wasn't originally Death Adder's courtyard, but isn't it now since he took it over? The, the best comparison that I've got, if, if you're familiar with Double Dragon, it's like moving on to the red carpet, isn't it? It's, it is, it's, it's exactly similar, that, yes, sorry. Um, to that scene at the end, and then uh, you fight. You fight a selection of couple of normal red enemies. Yeah, there's about uh, two or three uh, red things and long ones there. But General Hartland's General your first Hartland's main, major big fat guy. There. I would I would generally take him out as soon as you can. He's only got as much health as the other giant, like the other normal boss characters, and they don't actually have that much health. So even a quick blast of magic and a few swings and that will usually finish him off. Where Death Adder has a lot of health. Yeah. And it's better to get him out of the equation early on because Death Adder tends to like skeletons and he has a few of those defend them. Yeah. Uh, and, and they take quite a bit of health as well. They just follow you everywhere. They, they stick you like pretty... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Don't be fighting the use magic on that section if you go. It's, that's why the thieves in that area try and stockpile the magic and avoid going near it. And that tend to work by just picking up one pot at a time and firing that one pot at a time as opposed to building it up. Now, Gilius actually has a little advantage here because his level two magic... He only needs one pot for level one, and one pot extra will lead him into his level two use. So you can pick up two. But if you pick up three, you'll waste the third pot because you because need two pots two, yeah. to clear level two bar to go into level three, if that makes sense. So you're better off instead of picking up four pots, uh, you, you could yeah, you, you could just pick up two one, pots. two, and do level two, yeah, yeah and then do twice, that again. Which is yes, you, you're clicking a pot every time, aren't you? I think it isn't the uh, the, le the level dictates how many like knockdowns or something like that. It, I've always felt. I mean, I've never really calculated properly, but I've always felt that one single match uh, portion hit counts as uh, one single sort of like jump and swipe, which uh, is not extremely uh, powerful, but it's more powerful than a running attack. I think the running attack's the weakest single move that knocks an enemy down. Um, so just a regular jumping attack is one magic pot, I believe, or thereabouts, because when I've done a rough calculation before, it's a very rough one, that's what's killed an enemy before when I've looked at how many attacks it makes. Um, so, I mean, not very powerful, but if you've got, like, six or seven of these, you're doing quite a bit of damage, you know? Yeah. So, uh, I mean, this this is a bit where you want to go into about the Mega Drive version, isn't it? Because you're, you're essentially on the arcade, you'll right. kill Death Adder, the king and queen will drop down, because, by the way, I forgot to mention the king and queen have been kidnapped by Death Adder, not that you know about this until the end of the game. So you anyway. don't find this out, yeah. You yeah. wouldn't. And in fact, so we'll probably put it at the most appropriate part of the whole yeah, it's segment. The first course. time you find out about it in the game. So the king and queen drop down, and they're thankful for being rescued, and then it's game over in the arcade. But in the Mega Drive, well, don't you always be there? Don't you always think it was quite like lethal, like health and safety, and that how these two get dropped from the oh, sailors? Basically, the, the Lord down upside. He's upside down. He is. Right. Not, but he's, he's upside down, head, and he's yeah. just dropped on his head, and it's like. <laughs> You've dropped him about eight foot up. Uses you know? to break the fall. Yeah, and he's like he's grateful. He's like, oh, cheers for oh, breaking my head. You know? it's like, even her, I mean, she could have done angles in if she'd landed wrong. She's got oh, high heels on, you know. Right. I just thought, you know, weak heels. So, but uh, yeah. why, why don't you? Why don't you? Yeah, tell them? well, I, I'll, I will, and I'll, I'll, I want to keep this brief, but I can't. I probably can't because this is the this is the segment that this is the section that well, the moment even that blew me away for life with uh, games, and I mean that. I mean that from the, the, the pit of my heart, like. Um, I remember at my mates, I was at a friend's house at the time, we introduced us to the Mega Drive. He had a Japanese Mega Drive, and he had Golden Axe, Japanese version. 
And um, I, I must have still played the arcade or seen someone play the arcade. I think I had seen someone play a completely arcade version before this, but I'd never put time into it myself. So I knew after beating Death Adder, that was the end. So I remember putting down my controller and just going to like sit back and chill. And he says, uh, what are you doing? And I'm like, well, we've completed it. And he was like, he looked at us in a funny way and gives a weird smile. And it was like, pick up your controller. So I did. And the next thing I know, we're going to a whole new level, a level which I just didn't know existed. And that was like a horrible dungeon. It was well, like, and it's good the way they do it because in the arcade, they're like, oh, thank you for saving me, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, there's dialogue. Yeah, but there's then a in the Mega Drive one, man with thank, the thank you for saving me, but I, I think he's taking orders from someone behind that door or something like that. And it's like, oh, this is a bit different. Um, and then, you're like Glenn says, you, you, you go through the door and you're into this whole new level six. And the level's fantastic, isn't it? It's like a really good long level. It might be the best, the most, like, yeah, it might be the longest level in the game, I would say. It's, it's, yeah, there's a lot of fights. It reminds us of um, Suits of Age bridge level as such, but, but ah. with more falls. And ah, stuff. Yeah, no, I mean, it doesn't look like an urban bridge, but it's like that's just it's what it reminds us of, where there's places to fall down and stuff like that. Well, there's a lot more places than there has been in the entirety of the rest of the game, and you have to... You can't... The first jump that's there, you can't just get over it like you could have if you wanted to with the bridge and uh, level three of, of the arcade game or Mega Drive. You've got to use a running attack to get over. Um, there's a couple of, there's no new enemy types, like I already said, but there is some new enemy variations here on the ones that exist. So you've got, um, not till the end of the level actually, but you fight the bronze things and long, and long ones. Now, yeah. these actually have the most health in the game on the Mega Drive version. In fact, they have as much as, the, as each bad brother. They're not very hard to beat, but they do, they're just very resilient. So they're, they're still fairly slow, but they've got fairly high attack speed, if I remember right. But it, they're all solid green. It's just like weird to see these new characters that weren't in the arcade game. But the, the biggest one for that is this level has its own boss, and it's a uh, general bitter. So it's two gold knights now. Yeah. And they're, really, they're no different from the um, the red knights, the current bitter. And in fact, the overall fight could be considered a little bit easier because you've got <laughs> a much bigger area. Say, yeah. yeah, you've got a much bigger area to move in, and you can use the exact same technique you did on the colonels, which is manoeuvre to the left and knock them into the pit now. Yeah. But again, it was just cool to fight like a new... like. And I mean, at that time, in 1989, just seeing a different colour on the same enemy that wasn't in the arcade game would blow your mind, just like ball combat, seeing Reptile for the first time. Would go, yeah. You think, Christ, well, he's just, he's just another ninja... He's green, but, you know, that would have blown your mind back in 1989, 1990, and uh, it was just so cool. But but obviously the biggest twist was to come because you kill them two characters and you move into a chamber, into a single-screen level, and you're fighting a character called Deathbringer. And this is actually Death Death Adder's boss on the Mega Drive. So there's yeah. a man above Death Adder. I'll also mention another character as well for the end of this. But um, this guy is where Mark was talking about um, broken bosses, overpowered bosses. Or Aye, cheap. This. Uh, this guy is quite... I mean, he's not... Once you know how to play in that and you, you've been playing a while, he, he's easy, really, but he will generally hit you, so there is cheap moments in this fight. I mean, he moves and attacks in exactly the same way as Death Adder initially, so he's got the axe swing. In place of his... In place of his uh, single uh, electric spark that flies across the ground that Death Adder has on both versions, Arcade Mega Drive, he fires out a set of six... And they're near impossible to dodge. And yeah. Generally, you never dodge them. In fact, the best way to dodge them is to just fire magic if you've got it. But chance off, you get hit by this, right? Then you'll stand up and you'll get hit by another because it sort of doubles back on itself. And you'll probably say to yourself, Christ, I took two hits. How bad could it get? Much, much worse, believers. Aye, because he then fires proper magic. Oh, yes. <laughs> One thing Deathbringer has that no other 
boss has in any of the other versions of uh, Gornax 1 is he has his own special magic attacks. He has the, the just rip-offs of the, the magics of the main characters, yeah. but he uses these. And he, only, he won't use them all the time, which is, which is fair, uh, but he will use them in certain situations. And when he's hit you with uh, a spark, he'll then fire a dragon. You'll fight a purple version of Tyrus Flair's Dragon Magic. And if I believe right, this takes about three blocks of health off or something. So generally speaking... It's more than half your life. Bob. Well, if you... If five, if bars, five bars. Yeah, if you did put five bars. If you had five bars, you're probably dead. And if you had three, you're definitely dead. You've lost a life. Um, but as well, just going back to these other attacks, like I said, he does also have access to at least one spell from Axe and one spell from Gilius. And the way he activates these is if he hits you with the Axe. So he hits you with the, his green Axe, not the golden Axe. If he hits you with that axe, he then activates one of these spells. And they're not as powerful as the dragon, but they still take about another block off you. So you're still guaranteed to use to lose at least two blocks of health off just a basic attack. But the other, there's another little twist as well. He has two bodyguards. He only has two. He has two bodyguards. And what they are is skeletons. And they're the most powerful skeletons in the game. In fact, Death Adder, Deathbringer, sorry, is as powerful as Death Adder when it comes to health. Yeah. The skeletons each have twice as much. For many years, I'm going to say about 15 years, me, him, and many more believed these two skeletons to be invincible. And they're not, but they're as invincible it's as you ever want them to be. Kill. They take twice, they have, exa- I'll double check this, they have exactly twice as much health as Deathbringer. So if you want to kill them, you'll be there for quite a while. You'll nearly always kill Deathbringer first because he'll get in the way of smoke. How skeletons. you double check that, but it sounds incredibly boring. <laughs> it was just yeah, lashing the lashing them to pieces basically until they finally died, and it did die because I thought they'd never die. So if you if you got them with like as we called it the mega pile driver, yeah, they'd take sixteen. Many t- he'd take eight. You know what I mean? But um, yeah, but that's the levels in a nutshell. But the ending's different from Golden Axe in the arcade. Got arcades got the great. Um, yeah, that's the tune. Where, where um, they're coming out of the arcade, the car- all the characters come out of the arcade machine, and they're all happy and having fun and that, and they're uh, running along the street now. And yeah, it's a great ending. Thank you for playing in that. That doesn't happen in Mega Drive, sadly, which is a bit good, like sad, like because I would have liked it still to be there. I don't know why yeah. it's not. Uh, instead, it gives you a cast list of the enemies, which is just a static black screen with the uh, sprites of the enemies and the stats. But that is actually more interesting to me in some ways because it was cool to get that law, if you want to call it that. Uh, and then it has like a credits ending where it shows you a long one playing, uh, would you call it tennis? Yeah, <laughs> aye, with, you know, uh, pl- playing cricket or tennis. Yeah, with uh, with Axe Battler and that when he throws in there, I it's more cricket than it, or baseball, baseball, baseball. I think yeah, it was, yeah, cricket, tennis. You know what I mean? But anyway, <laughs> but you know, so it, it's not uh, that little bit there, that segment. I didn't find that as entertaining as the arcade's original ending, but it is still good. You know, and it makes Nick Golden Axe a fine package. While still on the subject of enemies and levels, quickly. Uh, Golnax does have a sub mode. It has two. Can we talk about these? I think we should mention these. Yeah, one, yeah. yeah cool. uh, you get a beginner mode, which is only three levels, which I thought was a nice little touch for. I mean, the game is quite easy anyway, but this little mode is nice yeah. to play. It's level one to three. Um, it it has all the regular enemies that you fight. If I remember right, I think the Bizarians are missing. I think there's no dragons. No, I, thought, I think there is. I can't remember right now. It's been such a long time. There's something missing. I can't remember what it is. There's definitely something missing on one level. Definitely. Difficulty, but the enemies are no easier or harder. Funny enough, the enemies are no easier or harder, it's just the length of the game, yeah. And one specific difference as well, which again I thought was very cool because it introduced another new character. But at the end of level three, when you're about to f- we're waiting for Lieutenant Bitter to come out, come bursting out of those big garden doors, he doesn't. Instead, 
Death Adder Junior comes out. Oh, yes. I Death Adder Junior is a blue version of Death Adder, and he's got exactly the same health. No, or has he? No, he hasn't. No, he hasn't. That's a lie. He has half the health. He's got yeah. the same amount as, like, say, uh, Colonel Bitter or General Hartland. He takes four mega power drive. He's got yeah. half the health of them. Um, but he's got his own little quirks. I mean, he's generally speaking, when it comes to actual physical fighting, he's tough as the regular Death Adder. Uh, and he's got the axe swing like Death Adder, but he has a new magic spell, which is quite pathetic, but it's like it's his spell, you know. He fires a lightning ball across the screen, which is extremely easy to avoid. Basically, if you get away from him, you get some distance between you, he throws this lightning ball at you. And like I say, it's, it's quite easy to avoid. You don't have to jump or anything. It's just a case of moving up and down. Right down but he's deliberately there as just a little sort of like training boss. And the fact that, again, it's a character that's not in the arcade, a character that they didn't need to put in, you know, it's just a nice little bit of effort. I would like to talk a bit more at length about the uh, Jewel, which is uh, a fantastic bonus mode. Again, these bonus modes just... This is 1990 we're talking about, you know. Um, right, for the Mega Drive release, yeah. Yeah, to, to, to have these extra modes in was just uh, fantastic. The Jewel is a 12-stage battle where, uh, in single play, you, you take on a set of various different enemies on every level. The enemy types are set, but it mixes and matches types of enemies that you wouldn't have normally fought, and they do get progressively harder, uh, culminating with the battle with the two general bitters in Battle 12. Um, you can play it in two players, so it's also a very early example of a, of a versus battle game, which yeah. in 1990 game was pre Street Fighter 2. I mean, it's nothing to write home about, but it's playable and it's fun. And to be fair, it's, uh, it's fairly balanced because even though there's no magic and obviously some characters are a bit more powerful than others, you can take some advantage of what you've got. So I don't remember us ever really having a massive advantage over who was playing who, you know, which just sort yeah. of like went at it. So, you know, it's it's great. It's great there. Anyway, I maybe moved into Bullnax on the Mega Drive a bit much here. <laughs> no, no, it's okay. It's uh, you know, it's, it's a good game. It's a, a brilliant conversion. Um, and what one thing I I quickly touch on the controls. I yeah. mean, the, the arcade Mega Driver is the same. The share free button setup. Um, you've got an attack, you've got a jump, and you've got a magic button. You know, as I mentioned before, you double tap to run. You can unleash a um, running attack from that, or you can if you jump while you're running, you can do a high jump. Which if you then hold attack straight after, you can do what we've called the Mega Pile Driver, which is we don't know the real name, but it probably yeah. does have a name. Definitely it's, by now. It's the most damaging move in the, <coughs> in the game if you land it, but it, it can be tricky to land. Um, you know, there's not much really to say about controls. The um, one thing I, I would like to say before we really get off, get into any other conversions, just a, something, an observation that I've had about the arcade version for quite a while. Um, I suppose it's really based around the difficulty, but I, I see Golden Axe as an arcade game as a failure. And the reason I say yeah, it is yeah. because and it's, probably, it's, it's probably a compliment, yeah. actually. But Golden Axe for me is one of those games where you can get good at it. And when you get good at it, you can finish it with one credit like, Without fairly any easily. In fact, it's easier than go it's easier than Double Dragon because Double Dragon, which I also it consider arcade failure, cheap moments. Yeah, it has the cheap moments in the last level. Yeah, and obviously it's very hard to time them right, you know, yeah. and uh, not it's getting where Golnax has no real cheap moments that are traps like that. So, uh, and obviously the the Bizarians are even more broken than the, the Double yeah. Dragon elbow. I say. Uh, so to elaborate more on what I've said, it, if you think of games like. Um, you know, Turtles, for example, or, um, you know, insert the other Konami fighter here. Where they played, yeah, to take credits. Well, yeah. Crime Fighters 1, Crime even, there's a good that. example. It was, there's a lot out there. You can you can take your pick. They're, they're all designed to just, you know... Suck money. Yeah. Take yeah which money it should be, which it should be, when that's the design of the game. It's an arcade game, that's the whole yeah. point, isn't it? Where, like I say, Golden Axe, 
if you're a good enough player, you know, you might do it in one or two credits, and, and that's what, 15 minutes, 20 minutes on a cabinet? Top says um, what time, I think I time we sell the best time, I think it did was so seven minutes. In, in one sense, like I say, it's a failure as an arcade machine, but for me, I think that that's a great thing because it, it gives you plenty of reason to want to stick a credit in that machine and play it because you, you know you're going to do well if you're decent enough at it. To me as well, it also gives the arcade PCB a lot of life because if you're in this day and age now when you're owning that or playing it on MAME for free, you're playing a game that you're enjoying, you just yeah, really enjoy it's, it's where a fun game that you can play and be skillful Exactly, at, where the focus, of, the focus of most arcade games being more about getting you to spend money uh, means that once you've really... So some people, a lot of people would play the arcade game just like just to get brownie points, just to see how quick yeah. they could finish it or how little money they could could spend. But when it's, but were they really having that much fun? Yeah, I think you, know? that you could do like a, you know, a, a speed run of Gold Max. You know, I would imagine there probably is out there speed oh, tons, of yeah. Gold Max recorded. It's such a short game as well. If you fluffed yeah. it, you could easily just go out, try it, start a game, you know. But um, sure, quickly mention a few of the conversions. Yes, before, before yeah. Tie things up. I'd like to mention a few. I mean, to be fair, Gold Max has been converted and. Uh, Ported to multiple consoles and platforms yeah, through the years. Just, just about everything there, out there. Yeah, I mean, there, there, there'll be versions I don't even know about. I bet, you know, there was obscure versions of Street to Rage I never knew about. But anyway, but I would like to touch on a few. I mean, I'm not even going to talk too much about the Mega Drive now at this point because we've integrated in the whole um, whole segment, to be honest. Yeah. And it is, it is to me and him, it's the sister or brother to the arcade game. It's, it's like, the it's the absolute companion, isn't it? It's yeah. a companion version, you know, so it's not even separate. Um, I want to mention the Master System version because it's quite respectable, even though it's not too well received because it's a single-player game. Um, you could have probably done more in some ways. I mean, you've only got one character who's Axe Battle who's called Tarek for some reason. He, ha he does have access to all three magic types. The game is based more clearly on the arcade version, so you've only got the five levels. So if you were someone who'd come away from the Mega Drive version, which is likely, and then you just got the Master System version out of interest, you might have been expecting the longer game, and sadly that doesn't happen. Yeah. But... To be fair, what is there is very playable. I find I find a very it is playable a good game. game. A good yeah, game, I. it's well it's well done in my own opinion. Uh, it could have been made differently, and and whether that would be a good thing or bad thing is down to your opinion. Really, definitely need to mention the PC Engine version. Um, it is a unique uh, conversion of the whole game. It takes the basic arcade game, as in you've got the five levels and no extra material, as in the Mega Drive version, but it does change the enemy place, uh, placement around quite a bit. Uh, it's not a very good game. Uh, it is generally being poorly well received, well received, and I have completed it, and I, I agree. feels very different. The graphics are weird. I mean, I don't even want to call them shite. They're just weird. It's like the sprites are redrawn, yeah, but very uh, poorly, and that shouldn't be the case when the Mars System version still had the characters looking like the arcade version. Christ, the Commodore 64 version did. Um, so it's weird, but it did have a couple of little changes, which I thought was just like cool because I wasn't expecting them. End of Level 4 is an example. Now you're... Um, instead of fighting just the great enemies that we like the Henings and Longmorns, you'll take on two dark giants. So there's like two bad brother versions, uh, two sort of uh, zombie bad brother uh, night, uh, giants now instead of just basic enemies. So I thought that was a good little change of twist. I've never really played through it. I, I played the first one. It's only a curiosity. It's, it's only a curiosity, really. The thing with the knights as well, they, they've been changed a bit now, if I remember right. There's only one of each. And the class is sort of like death are as close as lieutenants, so maybe another little nod to Conan and the Barbarian with the Thoughts of Doom having two sort of close lieutenants. Uh, so you fight them, and that there's even dialogue and uh, cutscenes that directly relate to them, which I will talk about quickly. Uh, death are strange, very hard fight. 
yeah, again, everything is just different from the arcade game. Quickly on the cutscenes, very interesting, very well done, actually. Yeah. If I remember right, the game is made by Telenet. And and again, I think it came out in 1990, so it's not long after the arcade game, so it's quite, it's still quite an early PC Engine game to have like dialogue and good cutscenes, and these are the highlight of the game. So I would say definitely from a collector or someone interested in Gonax point of view, you have to give it a go or watch a long player on YouTube. Uh, but if you're not that interested or you just you only love the feel of the arcade and the Mega Drive, <clears> just avoid. Yeah, you want to enjoy playing it, but it's, it's probably an interesting one to, to see. Well, another version that's interesting, and it's interesting because um, because of how it's how it's done, is the PC, like the the, the DOS PC version. Oh God, yeah. And I'm not going to go into all the computer versions. I'll just have a quick scan over to see what they came out on, because there's quite a few of those. Um, DOS PC was released in America directly by Sega, and I think there was a US Gold release over there. Over here, US Gold release date: like Commodore, Amiga, Spectrum, Amstrad, Atari ST. All very good versions, by the way based on the arcade game with using elements of the Mega Drive version, like sound yeah. effects and some sprite work uh, on the 16-bit games. Good versions, but I'm not touching them because there's too many. Um, but the PC version is based directly on the Mega Drive game, and it's it really, is. it's odd, and at the same time, great, because it looks so good, obviously, with the sharp it visuals. Does, yeah, I mean, visuals-wise, it's fantastic. I mean, it's, it's a, a good match for, like, what the Mega Drive is bringing it, to it, the, but it, Feels it's janky. an uncanny, yeah, it's an uncanny valley game though, because if you looked at it standing still, you'd gone, oh great, the Mega Drive version here, you know, it's even got the jewel, it's got yeah. the beginner mode, it's got the adjustable life bars and all the sound tests. It's literally, they've literally taken the Mega Drive version and put it to the PC, but it looks like they've changed the engine completely, because right. the engine feels totally different. I mean, the music is different, although it's decent for MIDI, I believe it was. Yeah, MIDI. it was MIDI. Yeah, and the sound effects are different, but you know, at that time, 1990, you didn't expect too much, so it's there. But when you play the game again, you could probably better off just watching a YouTube vid. It plays nothing like the Mega Drive version, and enemies who shouldn't be hard are absolutely solid. One one bit I will touch on though, I really like about the PC, and we did discuss it before though, is the jewel is now completely different. Yeah. So it is worth watching. There's a YouTube video of the jewel on there. So if you don't want to play, because it's very hard, I think it's 15 battles now as well. They've given you totally new enemy types. Uh, sorry, not new enemy types, but versions of enemies you wouldn't have normally fought. So you. You've got, if I believe right, you're actually fighting Deathbringer at the end of the duel now, and you'll have a combination of like a giant a and a knight and Death Adder fighting together. So you'll be fighting three massive enemies in one arena. Um, it just changes up the whole duel from Mega Drive and get, it makes it 10 times harder. So, again, though, more of a curiosity than the game they need to own. But the last version we'll talk about, the one that is an absolute travesty, is the. 2002 release, I believe, maybe? The PlayStation 2 version. There's a PlayStation 2 version of Gornax 1. It's an absolute stinker. It shouldn't have been because I don't even, I can't, it's very hard to even call it a conversion because it is a remake, as said, but it's got to be mentioned because it's clearly based on Gornax 1. It's got uh, the characters and the levels and, and the enemies of Gornax 1. It's got one or two new enemy types, but they're not very good. Um, it just does nothing with the material to make it better, and the levels are all flat. It's awful. It puts it into a 3D sort of fighting perspective. Yeah. And all. So it's not just like 2D fighting in a 3D environment or 3D uh, graphics. It's, 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 it's kind of, it's trying to be like 3D fight, fighting, fighting in a 2D force, environment maybe. almost. <laughs> it's just weird. It, I mean, I wouldn't even say look at this one. Um, I mean, again, it's probably a game that you're probably better watching a YouTube vid, but this shows how different it is. It takes, it's like the guy playing, it's playing for about an hour. Fighting, like, fighting force, you you, can't, you know, you'd move around in the environment. Yeah, you yeah, had like a lot more stuff to do. Yeah. Free, you know, full 3D, but this is like a, 
they're stuck in a 2D camera. Yeah. Like, they're stuck in one plane. Um, but you're trying to move around like you're in a 3D fighter, and it just feels like terrible. I watched a long play. I've never played it. I mean, all right, does that mean I shouldn't be judging it because I haven't actually played no, it? But feel free to judge it. All the reviews have been bad, and it looks bad, and it's like, I just have no desire to play this. I don't look... I've looked at all the games, like games that were 20 years older than Golnax PS2, and looked at them recently even and went, I'd like to play that game, you know, and, uh, and I've got no desire at all. And this is PS2 as well. I mean, the, by, by, by PS2 era, Polygon work was starting to look quite good, you know. You weren't going to be expecting like Tekken 1 or Virtual Fighter 1, you know. I mean, with Golnax style, or, or Dynamite Decker or, um, you know, classics like that. As long as it, it was stylized, right, it looked fantastic. Yeah, I mean, you know? like I say, so there's a good comparison, really, if you compare with Golnax PS2 to... Um, die Hard Arcade, you know, it's still early uh, Saturn-based fighting game, uh, beat-em-ups, but done right, you know, and, and done where a three D beat-em-up should be. But that, that's that's all I'll see on the on the various versions of Golnax. Let's well. let's get into the the ending point and talk about our reviews and reasons why. Um, I'll I'll go first. So, like I said before, Goldnax difficulty-wise, it, it's it's easy to master. I think. Oh, well, it's not easy to master, but it's, it can be mastered. It's a technical then, game. Yeah, and then when it is, it's it's like, you know, a joy to play, but it can be done in the credit. It, like it's it. it's closer to go, it's closer to Double Dragon than Final Fight in style yeah, of play. Right. In a Final Fight, you can you might get knocked, not having to get the shit knocked out in a level, but you know if you can press one button, you'll do a bit of damage. Where going next yeah. year, you'll get chopped to hell. So even though it's an easy game, you need to understand the mechanics, which is a good to me. is a good game. A good it is. It's up, a good game. You know, it is, and it, it's um. I think I think the difficulty wise it's nicely balanced everything, but as an arcade game it fails because of that. But I prefer that personally. Yeah. Um but in my review I'm not even going to put that element in there because I I, I just can't I can't. But um graphically wise and everything, it, it's a great looking game, it's a great sounding game. You know, there's 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 not many things I can really well, there's not anything really I can think of off the top of my head that's a negative for the game. Um for me, I mean I think we've talked through everything on it. I'd give it a, a solid 9 out of 10. I think it's a fantastic arcade game. The only thing is I know that we've got more and better ones coming up that possibly rate higher than Golden Axe, so I'm not going to give it a 10. So I'm going to give it a 9. That's me done on that. Well, I'll obviously explain, but I'm going to go in first now and say it's a 9 for me as well, mine. It was always going to be a 9. I'm, I'm yeah. influenced by what you've just said. All. Um, I'm not going to even include the element of being an arcade game, which it should be there, but I'm looking at a game as, a, as something to be played for what it is without any outside influences. So, um, again, I second what, what he said with the graphics, sound and gameplay. Uh, obviously, the review is only based around the arcade version. We've kept the format like that, and I think we, we should for now. Uh, it would be a massive, massive article if we reviewed every individual Jeez, version. I think we're at about 90 minutes now. Oh, we are. Um, but it, it's it's got... Uh, it's just got a good feel, and for me, if you if you're someone who likes beat them up games, belt scrollers, you know, side scroll fighting games, you um, you can't you can't go better than playing like Golden Axe. It's just uh, everything about it, everything about it's great. I mean, it it's and like I said, it's such a nostalgic game for me. It's uh, the first game that really got us interested in console gaming as a whole, and the first, like I say, obviously, I know this. This is about the Mega Drive version. I'm sorry I have to insert in there, but I will integrate with the arcade. But it got me, those two versions, the arcade and the Mega Drive between them, it just opened up a whole new world for me of console gaming and how how more 
advanced console games can be. Like I say, I'm somebody who grew up with a VIC-20 and a Commodore 64 for quite a few years. We had a NES at one point as well um, before we moved on the Mega Drive. But having a game... Uh, having a game that looks and plays like Golden Axe is just uh, it's just fantastic. It's a uh, timeless, timeless masterpiece. It is nine out of it ten. Is. Yeah. It still it lives up to it today. It's still a fantastic game to play. You know, 15, 20 minutes you're through it, and yeah. uh, it's a joy and a blast to play. Yeah, yeah, I'll never forget that game. I love well, it. I yeah. think that pretty much does it for us, buddy. Yeah. Um, so thank you very much, everyone, for listening. If you enjoyed the the podcast, please leave us a comment, subscribe. Drop us a message, have a chat with us. The, uh, you should be able to find all the links to our email and social media on the podcast page. We look forward to talking to you, and uh, we'll see you next time. So, see you soon. See you soon. Bye now. Take care.